When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know that nearly one-third of American adults don't get enough sleep? And that data point was pre the COVID-19 pandemic. Since we've been living in this pandemic, that number has increased. And more and more people are saying they're experiencing new sleep challenges since the onset of the pandemic. Furthermore, sleep deprivation leads to more mistakes, less employee engagement, less productivity, and poor decision-making. Welcome to Theodora Speaks. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode centers around why the phrase, you can sleep when you're dead, is pure rubbish, and why we all should covet our rest, sleep like a baby, and nap like no one is watching, especially when it comes to reinventing your professional self. If you struggle with indecision in your career, Visit gailkeller.org for more information on how I can help you successfully reboot your career without the crash and burn. I asked Tara Clancy to be a guest today to show her passion and expertise on quality sleep and why it is important to stop sacrificing our sleep. Listen for when Tara highlights the importance of scheduling our sleep. If we can schedule our Zoom and team calls and social obligations, we can certainly aim to calendar our sleep. We're here today to talk about the reinvention of sleep and strategies to help make us less tired from our sleep or lack thereof. Let's put the mantra of you can sleep when you are dead to bed and embrace sleeping like a baby. Welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Gail. I'm excited to be here. It makes me laugh when you talk about the change in mantra. I heard a comedian once who was doing a little bit on sleeping like a baby, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sleeping like a baby. I'm waking up every 45 minutes screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming and hungry? Yeah, exactly. Oh, cute. You're the founder and chief strategist at Hypersleep and podcast host, of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. And you personally suffered from low performance sleep for decades. And a lot of us can relate to the effects of sleep deprivation, such as being tired, burnt out, frustrated, the physical, mental, and emotional depletion. So Tara, give us a brief overview of what you do and why you were called to reinventing the way we sleep. Well, I think it's like you said, because I I suffered from low performance sleep for all those decades. And the funniest part is I really had no idea. I never connected the dots between what I was feeling and dealing with to the fact that I was getting low performance sleep. And the challenge really was I was getting eight hours of sleep every night. So I actually woke up and I felt great. So how on earth could I have a sleep performance problem? Well, I did, and I'm sure we'll get into it as we talk, but that's really what my, my mission is to change the way we look at our sleep. You know, what we tend to 
focus on now is, did we get enough sleep? But what I really want to bring out is this idea that we should be saying, did we get high performance sleep? And there are ways that you can tell. And again, I'm sure we'll get into that as we talk, but that's really to shift from getting enough sleep to, you know, is it really high performance sleep? Because that's what we need, especially in the, in this day and age where the stakes are so high, not just work-wise, but health-wise. We need to make sure that we're getting high performance sleep. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the sleep foundation that says we need an average of seven to nine hours per night. But then I also read that the Alzheimer's Foundation said to ward Alzheimer's off, you should sleep seven to eight, but no longer than each yeah, night. There, yeah, there's some variation in um, in how much. I usually look at it from seven and a half to eight and a half hours because getting, as we know, you get too little sleep, that's a problem. But if you get too much sleep, that's also a problem too. And so, um, so that's why I kind of make it a little bit smaller, seven and a half to eight and a half hours. And the interesting, about, interesting thing about the Alzheimer's Foundation and, and all Alzheimer's in general is really that um, from what we're learning now and what um, research is showing us, Alzheimer's is highly related to um, sleep performance problems. And that long before you actually show signs of Alzheimer's, you are showing signs of sleep performance problems if you know how to recognize them. So, um, yeah, we want to we want to get the sleep in, um, you know, in order early so that we don't end up with all major problems like Alzheimer's later. Right, right. So take us back to that moment where you said you woke up rested, you were sleeping eight hours a night. What was that aha moment for you? Yeah. So uh, so I'll just tell you what I was feeling a little bit because I think it will resonate with some people and then we'll get to the aha moment. So, um, you know, as I said, I would wake up. I feel great. I, I always woke up without the alarm clock. Just perfect. But every day around 1130, 12, I needed my little power nap. And I didn't think anything of it, didn't need an alarm to wake up from that power nap, nothing. And I woke up completely recharged and I just assumed that I was a napper. And of course that was, you know, that was more like college age, high school, college. And then you kind of go into the real world and you're working and then family responsibilities. And then it went more from just needing the nap to like, oh, let's put a little caffeine into the picture here. I'm walking into a meeting. I feel like I could fall asleep in the meeting. Let me have a cup of of, uh, something with some caffeine, you know. And ultimately, as the responsibilities built, I was uh, so tired. I ended up taking up rock climbing in my 40s <laughs> just to get the adrenaline rush. You know, some people turn to jogging. A lot of women in particular will get into Ironman training or, you know, triathlete kind of stuff. And for me, it just happened to be rock climbing. But it was the adrenaline. And honestly, the whole time, I never once thought to look at the sleep as a problem because I was getting enough. Right. And I did wake up feeling fine. And um, and as you know, that funny twist of faith goes, I ended up having a car accident, had a problem, um, small problem in in my shoulder, like the muscle. It wasn't getting any better. I ended up going to a new doctor and then he ultimately um, said to me, you know, I think you may have a a sleep problem. And And honestly, I was like. All right, who's what does this guy even know? What is he talking about? I I get enough sleep, I feel great. And he said, Yeah, but 
didn't you tell me you nap every day? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's when he really started to uh, open my eyes. And of course, being the kind of person that I am, I'm like, I want to dive into a new topic. I um, did all this research and found out that all the things I was dealing with from, you know, I had skin problems. I had chronic sinus infections. I had developed asthma when I turned 30. People were getting more and more annoying every year. All these things I never thought to look at and say, oh my God, like I am running around um, without uh, like the energy that I need. I'm like physically, emotionally, you know, I was like sinking, but I never thought to relate it to my sleep until this doctor opened my eyes. That's amazing. And that's fascinating, right? That you actually listened to the doctor who didn't specialize in sleep, but you did your own homework and realized that, you know, that was the underlying exactly. problem that you needed to exactly. solve. Exactly. Yeah. And the funny thing was, uh, you know, a lot of people are really aware of nutrition now and it's critical, right? And I had done like 10 years of nutritional work to sort of clear up all those challenges I mentioned, you know, the sleep, the uh, skin problems, the sinus infections, the asthma, all of that was resolved. But I was still in this like just tired phase and never once, uh, like I said, never once thought it was sleep. But if we look at our hierarchy, uh, you know, I always talk about the core four, right? What do, what do we need for our basic physiolo physiological functioning? We need food right? But we can last a, a couple of months if we have to, because uh, hunger strikers have shown us that, right? What else do we need? We need water. But we actually have a couple of days that we can get by. If you don't sleep for 24 hours, your mind literally, your brain literally starts breaking down, right? Like literally. So it's, it's really key. And then what's even more important than that, our top need is, is breathing, you have mere minutes, right? And so all of these, uh, all of these things, if you think about a, a problem called like sleep apnea, right? Everybody's like, oh, my husband has sleep apnea. Sleep apnea literally means without lung. Mm. So it's not really a sleep problem, but it's a breathing problem that kills your sleep. And if you happen to be a wife sleeping next to somebody who has sleep apnea and is not treating it, well, then you have two people with a sleep problem oh, for different reasons. And, and Gail, I don't know if uh, we've talked about this, but 50% of men are dealing with high degree sleep problems, you know, that so that they're getting low performance sleep. And isn't it funny that the divorce rate is 50%. I'm not so sure that's a coincidence, right? I, I liken what you're saying, Tara, to, you know, the corporate world, companies. And when employees have deadlines or even deadlines in our lives, sleep gets thrown on the back burner to get that task at hand done and done well. But if we don't sleep, how can we ensure it will be done with our best foot forward? Exactly. I think that has been the, the trade-off. And it's like you said in the beginning, you know, we, we have this idea of, oh, we'll sleep when we're dead. But what we're really doing all along as we're, sac you know, like sacrificing our sleep is we're walking that much faster towards being dead. And everything we do along the way is being done at less uh, less than optimal than we could otherwise deliver. Yes. You know, it's, it's almost like in college, you know, where you would stay up cramming for a test how did you really do on that test is is you know wouldn't you've been better off to get the sleep and let your your yourself go in with a um a fully charged brain i mean i always liken it to a cell phone when i when i talk to uh to groups i i, I say you know when you go to sleep 
uh, your brain has uh, two really big jobs. It, you, it recharges and it repairs uh, throughout the body. And it's pretty much like putting a, your phone on the charger at night, right? Mm -hmm. What do you want in the morning? You want a fully charged phone. And that's what you want from your sleep too. But if you forget to plug your phone in and you have to walk out the door, I think some people still do that these days, right? Not everybody works mm -hmm. from home, but if you have to walk out the door and you don't have a full charge, before you know it, the phone is in low, low power mode and there are things that are just not accessible, right? The, mm -hmm. the capacity is there in the phone, but you don't have the energy available. The battery life is not there and you really can't access what's there. And sleep is the exact same way. So let's say, you know, let's say you have a big meeting tomorrow, Gail, and you have to do a ton of prep tonight, especially because you've got a, you know, family life that that has a lot of responsibilities, right? Moms, we, we that's what we live with, right? So you sacrifice the sleep and you go off the next day, probably chugging a cup of coffee or something to, to just wake you up and get you going. And you'll probably do fine because, you know, you, you, you get through it. But what about if you could be at, uh, you know, even higher performance because you had all of yourself available mm -hmm. to bring I, to the task. Right, your know? optimal so, self, right? Exactly. And you bring up another great point here. You know, we're taught at a very young age. It goes back even in school, even before college, how to cram more into our days, which in turn lessens our quality of sleep. So we do that when we studied as kids, and now we do it as professionals in the corporate arena. It's likening it to when we start a new job, right? The professional world doesn't incorporate the importance of getting a good night's rest to complement their performance metrics while drinking from their fire hose to learn the company's innermost attributes such as culture and their customers and their products, etc. So what's at stake when we sacrifice our sleep? Yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much hits the nail on the head there. All of that stuff is at stake, really, right? You mentioned culture. Culture is the result of how you build the company, how the people are getting along with each other. So if you have, um, you know, a large part of your um, workforce walking around in low power mode, in low power mode, everybody's going to show it in a little bit of a different way. missing that first morning meeting or something, right? They just don't have the physical energy. You may have the person who comes in and they um, they can focus. They, they get there, they have the physical energy. They can focus, they have the mental energy, but boy, they can't get along with anybody. And they're the first naysayer in the group, right? They, they, they just don't have like the, 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 the mental kind of capacity. I mean, sorry, they don't have the emotional capacity to bring to it. They can focus on the, the work, but they can't deal with the people they have to work with. And then there's also the emotional piece, the people who are just, they don't have the confidence, they're struggling in whatever way they, they, they don't, uh, they can't, let's say a salesperson can't make the sale because they don't feel like they can do it. It all affects the bottom line and everything that comes before it. So if you think what what is at, at stake for the company, it is the company. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is in a company's best interest to embrace uh, a healthy, um, high-performance sleep kind of attitude and build that into the culture because mm -hmm. that then is how you have people coming in rested in a way that they can perform at their their best. I mean, I was taught, you know, I would say high performance sleep 
drives high performance days. And don't we want our employees at their best? So we need to think about what's going on at home because that's what they're bringing to the office every day. Yeah. And sleep is the top sleep. As you said before, sleep is the first thing to go. And then we feel that, you know, in, in all day, it stays with us all day, that tiredness. I mean, what's interesting to me too, Gail, is if you look now, um, like 34% of companies are embracing napping on the job, even bringing in these like really high end napping pods mm-hmm. and everything. And I think that's great because let's say, let's say you're a new mom, right? And you're, you know, you're, you're back at work, but you still have an infant at home, maybe six months old and you are getting woken up at night. If you can run in and take a 20 minute nap and recharge, that's excellent. Right. right? And not be judged. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what happens if you need to take that nap every day? That's a sign that your sleep isn't doing what it should be doing. It's a sign that you're getting low performance sleep. Like I said about me before, mm-hmm. I never thought that my nap was a sign of a problem. I thought it was, I was just a napper. So the point is in the short term, napping is a great strategy because then you get to uh, access more of yourself. You're, you're giving yourself <clears throat> a chance to recharge your battery during the day, but long-term you want to get to the point of being able to use the eight hours at night to get a full charge so you can go throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love everything you're saying and it resonates. I mean, I, I'm someone that has a hard time sleeping ever since I've had my two little beautiful children. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tough, right, to, to settle that mind. And so oh, yes. when I think about it, I thought, oh, my moodiness was mapping to my menstrual cycle. No. Lack of sleep, right? Which leads exactly. to that lack of, uh, what do you call right. it, concentration, that clarity of mind gets foggy. Totally. But it's interesting that you mentioned menstruation because anything that changes um, the way your body is functioning, fluid retention, like you get right before um, you know, you, the, the cycle starts anew. Um, all of that will influence your sleep as well, because um, when you when you are when um, you have different fluids, different levels of information, or I don't know about you, but, but I used to always get like crazy munchies, and so that brings about all these other kinds of things. So anything that's going to disrupt your sleep is going to, um, you know, create a bigger challenge. And menstruation is definitely one of them. Even if we think about women on the other end of the spectrum, like newly menopausal women, like many people who would be stepping into real leadership. Um, you know, positions at that point, they will have climbed the ladder, right? They will have, you know, um, maybe, you know, it it takes a few decades, I think, for women in general to get up there because it's not easy, right? You have to kind of prove yourself. You have to put in all those hours. And so here, here you can be now around this menopausal age and you can't, you could have gotten high performance sleep your whole life. Right. And may, and that's probably what would allow you to climb that ladder. Mm-hmm. But menopause in and of itself has a huge impact on your sleep performance because it changes the, um, the, the, the muscles essentially it changes the tone of the muscles and everything, which then goes and impacts your sleep. So it's really, essential to look at this, especially for women, because we do have so many more bodily changes than men. It's so essential to look across the spectrum and just say, hey, am I feeling something that I haven't ever felt before? Am I getting, you know, increasingly, quote unquote, moody, which it's not 
I kind of hate that term. We're not moody. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's like a fallback. You know, it's it's um, it's a, a, a stereotype almost. So, you know, am I seeing some change or can I not focus all of a sudden? What I always say is, is use the XYZ formula. If you have problem X, whatever it is, uh, ask why mm-hmm. and make your primary suspect your Zs, your mm-hmm. sleep. Whatever comes into your life, don't just say, oh, well, I guess I'm getting older now, uh, you know, so I should be waking up to go to the bathroom every night or, hey, I have a new baby. You know, I've had two babies. That's why I, I can't sleep through the night anymore. Don't accept it. Take the next step. Ask why and look at your your sleep as the first right. thing because it drives everything that we do. Peel back the onion. Totally. You brought up menopause and there was a study out there that I was reading why women don't go and climb the corporate rungs at a certain age. It's menopause. And so that fascinates me, right? And so why do we have to to hide from that? Just like, you know, if you want to have children or not and start a family and still be a working mom, right? Why is there such a stigma today around that? And so, how the, do you mean um, they don't climb the ladder because of, of menopause? Uh, because of everything you're saying, everything you're saying, they're saying, okay, you know, the effects that menopause has on the body, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And so, it's hard for them to concentrate, women and whatnot. And and to me, I'm a big advocate of reinvention in your professional career. Yeah. And to me, reinvention has no age limit. And I think we only get smarter and better as we age as women. Oh totally agree with that i think sometimes we we you, you're right and again i think this goes partially to stigma you know that menopause is a bad thing right well now only if you've been told that right right you know and so that that's a reinvention right there let's look at it as a time of incredible empowerment because it really is it's like the consolidation of all the different parts of you and you have achieved a level of uh, self-awareness, self-knowledge, you know, even in a, hopefully in a lot of places, uh, cases, self-love, where you can go out and you can really affect some tremendous change. Yeah, you've got the confidence, we, the clarity, yes. right, as we yes. get older and have had experience under our belts. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if we can we can harness that and keep it, you know, hey, maybe, uh, maybe we will have some sleep problems crop up because mm-hmm. of the menopausal changes themselves. But if we're aware of that and we can get the support to, um, you know, to keep the sleep at a high performance level, then we can go through that without a hitch, you mm-hmm. know? So it's really, it's really, um, uh, you know, kind of like we said in the beginning, trying to like shift, shift. It's like shifting a paradigm almost. It doesn't yes. have to be a time of, of loss. Agreed. It's quite the opposite. Agreed. And I, I appreciate what you said about, you know, more companies are, are having these nap pods and whatnot. But I feel like more companies have to be aware of, you know, in, incorporating sleep and time management into training. I think if you ask a lot of people what's missing in the corporate arena is nobody teaches you time management. And so mm-hmm. if you have a lack of sleep, you mentioned something about it affecting the bottom line. You know, an employee retention, right? Turnover mm-hmm. costs increase. Everything. As do healthcare costs, amongst other things, right? The culture, the potential market share loss. Yes. Right? The yes. Competitors could take a leg up if you don't yes. have. I want to, I want to just uh, to talk about the um, health costs, the benefits. Um, you know, I have a podcast interview coming up with a person who does benefits. And he mentioned that it's like the second highest cost for a company. So what we don't realize is 
um, you know, things like type two diabetes, things like high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease, things like anxiety and depression, all of those things are directly related to low performance sleep. They're a direct outgrowth. And when you can restore somebody's sleep and get it to high performance sleep, those secondary um, problems can be resolved. So if you don't have that many, um, you know, that long list of um, uh, problems, health problems that a, an employee is, you know, having to use health insurance for, then your health insurance goes, your, your uh, costs go down. So it's a definite, um, you know, benefit of mm-hmm. um, embracing high performance sleep. So you, it, it, it's a, a double payoff. First, the employee that you hired showing up every day as the employee that you saw there in the interview, right? They don't like, you know, trail off and you don't like mm-hmm. they end up in that endless onboarding stage and, and you develop your future leadership pool and all those great things, which the company needs. And then beyond that, it, 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 it lessens, uh, it decreases health insurance costs mm-hmm. as well. So it's really, um, you know, it's, it's the best thing that you can do for the bottom line. So the strength of sleep. So if we switch gears go. and we talk about employees, right, particularly women and the benefits of sleep when women are going through a career reinvention, how can women focus on better prioritizing their sleep? That's a great question. And I think um, the most important thing is to, to, it involves a mindset shift, right? And so I think we've almost been um, sort of you know, overt, uh, uh, covertly conditioned to think that if we do too much for ourselves um, as, as you know, caretakers, whether it be just for the family or children in particular, that we're selfish somehow. And that, you know, taking time for ourselves is, is selfish. And what I say is like, it's not at all selfish. It's actually um, necessary because if you want to be the mom that that you know you can be if you want to be you know the 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 wife that you know you can be or the daughter to your elder elderly parents then you want to be the best rested person that you can so you can actually do that you'll have the full battery to take into all of those roles Mm -hmm. and it's the same for transitioning or you know um re um what word did you say re reinvention Reinvention. Thank you. I had evolution in my head. I knew that wasn't it. Yeah, for reinvention, get the sleep you need so you're going into that new role in the best, mm-hmm. um, the best way that you can be, the, the one that you know. And especially, it helps you really. Con- the other thing is, when you go to sleep at night and you get into the deep phase of sleep and you stay there as as you're intended to, that's where all your memories are consolidated. So you're going to have a much richer storehouse if you're giving yourself the opportunity to get that sleep every night. Mm-hmm. And so all across the board, it's just really, it's not something that's selfish. It's absolutely necessary. And it's the right thing to do to be the person that you want to for the people you're caring for and the people that you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So sleep is a form of self-care and we shouldn't shy away from it. So totally. as you mentioned, it's a mindset, Tara. How can we clear our minds before falling asleep or when we wake up in the middle of the night, for example, and having that challenging time falling back asleep? Yeah. So first thing I would like to say is if you were um, the night, that's a 
a classic sign of a sleep performance problem. So definitely look, I mean, if it happens one night because the cat's meowing at something, that's not what I'm talking about. But if every night at 2.30, you wake up to go to the bathroom, that's a definite sign that you have a sleep performance problem. And then you really want to, you know, like you could take our assessment and figure out, give you an idea of what's going on. So that's the first thing. Look at it for what it is. You should be able to fall asleep and stay asleep the whole night. Um, and if you're not, it's telling you that there's a performance problem in your sleep. You offer a sleep assessment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So people can definitely. go to your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what we do um, at hypersleep.com. We, we uh, do the assessment to help you figure out what the sleep performance level is like and then um, to, to figure out what, what would be the best program to help you move from that level of sleep. Most, uh, most often there are a lot of people in the low performance sleep category, and then the program helps you move into the high performance sleep category. And you see huge changes as a result. So yeah, that's what we do. But the thing, I think the thing that you can do, if you do wake up, um, I have this, this, um, exercise that I call hands-on breathing, and we're actually um, working on a video of that now, um, to go through the whole thing, because I don't know about you, but if you've seen this, but with, um, with the pandemic and all the the just additional uh, stress and anxiety uh, above and beyond the physical stuff, just the stress and strain. Um, there's been like a 40% increase in sleep problems, like visits to doctor's office. So they have a name, coronasomnia. So a lot of people are now who, who never really had major problems are really having big time problems. And of course, that affects your physical health then too. So you're in more of a danger from the actual you know, the, the physical part of it than others. So, so it's really important to look at it, but as we were saying, what can you do? So one thing is this hands-on breathing. And as I said, I'm, we're putting together a video of that. It would take us probably about 10 minutes to walk through it, which we, I know wouldn't fit into our time constraints, but it's an excellent, excellent thing to do. It takes you out of the um, fight or flight nervous system, which is where you are when you can't fall back asleep. And it puts you into rest and digest so that your body just, you, you'd have a hard time not falling asleep. Let's put it that I way. Like, I, like, I like that. <laughs> so it's rest a great and one. digest. But the, the other thing I would say too, is, is to think about, um, you know, going to sleep. If you, you, one, one thing you can do is, is schedule your sleep. And what I mean by that is not like, you no, know, okay, from 1143 to nine, you know, not like that, but to set aside nine hours. And that first hour would be to get yourself into the relaxed state of mind. And you can do really, you would determine your own kind of routine. So, you know, somebody might want to take a, take a bath and have some candles and that whole, that kind of thing. And, you know, like real sensual sort of stuff, the, the, uh, you know, sense of smell and tactile other people may be like, I need to take a walk and just burn off the last energy for the day. doesn't matter, but it's don't whatever. have that glass of wine. Oh, totally, totally right. Um, so that would be out of those nine hours, take an hour to really get yourself into the state to be ready to sleep. And then literally let yourself be in bed for eight hours. And at first you may not fall asleep uh, right away. You may not stay asleep, but take the pressure off and say, Hey, I know I have eight hours to be in bed here. Your body 
body will get used to it again, you know? And then there are real concrete strategies that you can do, obviously. Um, but that's the first part, the mindset to say, I have nine hours that I'm devoting to my sleep every day. And of course, that means your other 15 hours of the day is when you fit in your work, your uh, time with family, time with friends, but have it solidly booked in your um, in your schedule and stick to it as much as possible because we, we, we are creatures of habit. That's and great so advice. Us, yeah. If, if we let ourselves make it a habit, then, you know, that's it. And let's say you do have young children and, you know, somebody's going to wake up. So then maybe you switch off with your spouse to say, look, tonight I am getting eight hours. Uh, so if something, you know, if somebody calls out, you'll be on tonight. I'll be on tomorrow or whatever it is, but spread the burden out a little bit so that you have opportunity to get eight hours as right. much as you can. That No, that's great. And you mentioned something about stress. And so if we think about women taking professional risks in their career to reinvent mm -hmm. their professional lives, what does it mean for someone who's going down a career path of reinvention and transition and they have stress and doubt? How does that yeah. affect their sleep? Well, how does it affect their sleep? I think I think it it's a, um, a two way street. So one feeds the other. So if you are at that point of being ready to step up, that in and of itself is going to create the things that you just described: the stress, the anxiety, the doubt. And if you're not getting the sleep, if you're not really, you know, making that commitment to yourself, those things are going to be compounded and then you're, it's going to be harder to get to sleep and then you're going to feel more stressed. So it's this wicked downward spiral. So hands down, the first thing to do is to say, hey, I know what I can do and what I need to do is give myself the opportunity to do it. And I'm going to put these nine hours into my schedule every day, an hour for prep for bed and then eight hours to actually be in bed and let my body build up to getting eight hours of sleep. And like I said before, you may end up at seven and a half is your optimal uh, optimum, uh, optimal amount. And, or maybe it is eight and a half that you're up. You'll, you'll see that. I always use the golden rule. How do you feel when you wake up? Are you waking up without an alarm clock? And do you feel great? Because if you're not feeling great, then it's time to look, you know, look at the sleep performance overall but mm -hmm. start with that that's a very concrete place and then you know you can gradually see what additional things you need to do because we're all superstars as women right there's no way we would be able to grow life and nurture babies and nurture our spouses and nurture the other people in our family we have tremendous tremendous resources. We just need to make sure that we give ourselves the opportunity to recharge and, and um, you know, be able to continue to do that. All of your experiences have left a lesson that changes the way you think about reinventing the way we should prioritize sleep and the way you understand sleep. So Tara, what does career reinvention mean to you? It, it absolutely is evolution to me, right? Because we, we start in one place and we you know, graduate from college or have some pivotal experience where we are one person at that point. And through each successive experience, we're a new person. And if we allow ourselves to integrate those new parts and, and continue to evolve, we, we, we could reinvent our career many, many times, right? Because, you know, it's, it's always, it's just, it's changing. And that's why I say evolution. We're always growing. I don't think we really 
ever stay stagnant unless we don't give ourselves the energy, which of course we get from sleep. Well said, well said. So as we wrap, what advice would you give someone who wants to follow their career aspirations, but doesn't have enough time in their day to strategize how to get there, let alone continue to do a great job in their current role? Mm, Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we were just saying before, you know, I say, make sleep the priority and schedule it because that is what's going to give you the time throughout the day. If, if you are fully rested, you have a full, fully charged battery and you have some, let's say a creative task to do, you'll be able to do it in much less time if you're able to bring your fully charged brain to it. Whereas if you don't have the sleep, you'll flounder through it a lot longer. So you're getting stuff done, but you could be much more efficient and much more effective when you have a fully charged brain to bring through it. I mean, you know, we, I talk specifically about the brain because it's the brain that is the basis for your mind. It's a muscle, right? Yeah. And if the brain isn't functioning well, neither is the mind. It's like the, and the, the brain is literally the command center, right? And if you've got this tired brain, it's like a crazy captain or something, you know, just not going to be where you want. You want a really, um, really well, well-rested, fully recharged brain. And you really and truly only can get that from getting high performance sleep the way it's intended, the way we were intended to. It's just modern lives our modern lives that get in the way and our thinking and our mindset, right? It, it, it alters the way we think about sleep and we really need to get to thinking back, you know, about that we're getting enough sleep and that it is indeed high performance sleep. Volterra, I love everything that you've said today. I appreciate your conversation. Thank you for being with us and sharing why sleep is so important. And one of the many takeaways is I'm going to liken my brain to my phone and to be recharged every day. There you go. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Gail. It was a pleasure to talk with you today. A special thank you to Tara for her courageous and inspiring stories centered around high-performance sleep. Thank you to you, our valued listeners, and to New Voice Studios for producing Theodora Speaks. The three key takeaways from our conversation are, one, in order to embrace high-performance sleep, it's a mindset shift. Two, rest and digest. Calendar your sleep for optimal performance to be your best self. And lastly, hands-on breathing. Breathing, high-performance sleep, and a well-balanced diet all go hand in hand. After all, We need to breathe in order to live and to live our best life. Please visit gailkeller.org and sign up for my newsletters. Thank you and stay courageous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.